Okay, the subject of this message is Nourish Your Faith. And we're going to turn to Timothy for this. First Timothy. Timothy to Ephesus to oversee the church in his absence. He trusted Timothy implicitly and called him his son in the faith. So we look at uh, 1 Timothy 1 verse 2 and we see Paul's writing to Timothy, my own son in the faith. So he regarded him very highly and loved him dearly. And in 2 Timothy 1, we see he calls him, verse 2, 2 Timothy 1, verse 2, my dearly beloved son. So he was very close to him, and he had great faith in what, uh, in what he asked him to do. Um, let's look at uh, Philippians 2 and see what Paul says about him further. Philippians 2, 19 to 22. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all who seek for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he hath served me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently as soon as I can I shall see how it will go with me. So Paul said to the Philippian church, I have you no man like-minded. He's my son in the faith. He's like-minded with me. He's uh, someone whom I can trust, someone who will give me a good report, an accurate report of things that are going on, someone who I can send to the other churches to put them in order, to set them straight, and to keep them on the right path. So he really trusted Timothy and um, realized that Timothy had a tremendous care for the, for the churches. He not only um, was uh, a good son in that he learned well and that he did what he was told, he cared as much as Paul cared for the churches, even though maybe 
He hadn't been the one to start them um, because if they're your babies, then you'll care for them. But when you can ask someone else who will care for them as much, that's wonderful. And so Timothy was that kind of person and Paul had great trust in him. So when he's writing to him about the Christian life and how to go on in the Christian life, he gives him very sound advice in Timothy. And if Timothy was someone like that, that Paul could really trust, I think we could do well to follow Paul's exhortation to Timothy. Um, we're not quite in that state and quite so far advanced, and we certainly need to learn from his example. So if we look in 1 Timothy 4, verse 6 it says if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained so Paul's recommending Timothy to be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. We need to be nourished. We need to be fed. We need to grow. And the only way we're going to grow in the Christian life is to be nourished by good words of faith and by sound doctrine. And I hope you appreciate the fact that when you come to this church, you definitely get sound doctrine. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. You should be fat and flourishing. And um, if your heart dwells on good words of faith, you should be fat and flourishing too, spiritually I'm talking about. And uh, it's, it's good food for you. Sound doctrine and good words of faith are very good food for you. They are the best food. They are excellent food. And we need to learn that these are the things we need to concentrate on in life in order to be well-fed with the things of God. Well-fed, able to use the word of God rightly, able to discern what's good and what's evil. And so it's important that we encourage ourselves with good words of faith. Um, in, in, the, in the next um, verse, 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, it says, For bodily exercise profiteth lit little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life which is now is, and of that which is to come. And verse 7, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Paul's saying that 
Bodily exercise profits a little. We all know that. We, and some of us try and do some bodily exercise to keep our bodies some, in some kind of shape so that we can survive for the number of years that God gives us with a fairly healthy body. Um, and uh, and we do, some of us do it very dedicatedly. Um, every day, we, some of us go out running every day. I go out walking every day. And uh, to keep myself supple and um, able to continue in life, and now I've got two grandchildren and, <laughs> and the family to look after as well. So I'm kept busy. So there's no doubt about it, I'm getting a little profit from bodily exercise. <laughs> but bodily exercise is only going to do you good in this life. And the exercise that you need to do, most importantly, much more importantly than bodily exercise, is the exercise of godliness. And one of the exercise, some of the exercises of godliness is to think on good words of faith and to take it to heart sound doctrine. And I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago about not being just someone who hears, but someone who does. The most important thing that you, not just a forgetful hearer, and so, don't forget, in your efforts, if you do make efforts, and for those who don't make efforts to exercise their bodies even, are you going to make effort to exercise yourself spiritually? Or are you just going to leave that and hope for the best? Because if you don't exercise yourself bodily, you end up in a mess, and same goes spiritually. You end up in a bigger mess, because that affects your eternity, not just your life down here on earth. It's much, much more important, because it affects the whole of eternity. It affects your life here now, and your life hereafter. And so it really is important that we nourish our faith and look, and look after it and be good to ourselves in building up our, uh, ourselves with words of faith and good doctrine. And this um, verse 7, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, could be translated as... Um, don't get tangled up with any profane and fabricated myths. Well, we've had some good words from the bishop about fabricated myths. <laughs> so don't get yourselves entangled with them either. <laughs> That's a good piece of sound advice to, to make sure you're exercising yourself in the right way spiritually. Because if you get yourself entangled up with fabricated myths, you're going to end up in a mess. And you're not exercising yourself properly spiritually. You're doing the opposite. You're doing yourself damage. And that's no good either. So um, Paul's advice is very sound. It's very good. And it's very important. So it's important that we 
When we concentrate on what's positive, the negative doesn't come in. Like if you concentrate on um, building yourself up with good words of faith and sound doctrine, the negative doesn't have an opportunity to come in. What you do positively will, will cancel out the negative. And so, when you, like when you exercise and you stretch and, you, and all the things that you do, should do when you're doing bodily exercise and keeping yourself supple, which are positive things to do, in the same way spiritually, when you do things that are positive, then you outweigh the negative and then you cancel them out. And it's most important that we concentrate on what's positive, what's good, and let's turn to that in Philippians where he says in Philippians 4 And verse 8 and 9. Let's all read it together. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. So, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, pure, honest, just, good report, lovely, virtue, praise, think on those things. Well, if you've got yourself occupied with all that, there's very little time to think about anything else. Amen? <laughs> so exercise yourself with those things. Don't just sit back like a blob and let any old thought pass into your head. You've got to exercise. You've got to keep it functioning. You've got to keep it active. You've got to keep it active in the right way, not active in the wrong way. Don't let it exercise in bad things. Don't let it exercise in negative things. Don't let it exercise in things that are going to pull you down. Let it train it to exercise in good things. Don't get involved with fabricated myths. Don't get yourself all tangled up with things which are wrong. Think about things which are pure, just, of good report will build your faith. Will, when you face any trial in life, like Bishop Reed was talking about on Sunday, instead of going down and being knocked over by a trial, you think to yourself, well, we'll see what God will bring out of this. 
All things work together for good to those that love God, who are called according to his purposes. Let's see what God brings out of this. Don't just let it get to you. Don't let it get you down. Encourage yourself with good words of faith. Encourage yourself with thinking about things that are pure and just and of good report. But it's exercise. It takes work. It takes you to controlling this thing that goes on inside here. And you have to avoid the things that Paul talks about. Avoid foolish myths. Don't get yourself entangled with them. Don't get in a mess with those type of things because your mind will be all confused by them. And you'll be able, not be able to discern what's right and wrong. Let's turn back to, to Timothy. And we'll see that Paul was very keen that Timothy understood that this was very important and that in verse 9 of 1 Timothy 4, Paul says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. And what's he been talking about? He's been talking about Godliness being profitable, about exercising yourself unto godliness, about nourishing yourself with good words of faith and sound doctrine. And then he says this in verse 9, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Now it's not very often in the Bible that Paul stops in these letters and says something like this. This is unusual. And so he really means that this is important. He's saying, wake up, Timothy, take notice of what I'm saying. And he's saying that not only is this important for you, it's for important for anyone who hears about this word these, from this letter in the future. It's, it's a saying that's worthy of all acceptation. Everyone can accept this word. And it's a faithful, it's a true saying. He really believes it can work in their lives. So he's saying, Timothy, take note of this. It's very important that you exercise yourself in the right way spiritually. It's important to encourage yourself with good words of faith. It's important to hear and take in and act upon sound doctrine instead of thinking that you know better and you know what's the right way to think. It's important not to, in to waste your mind, time with your mind on myths. It's important not to do it. Paul says this is a faithful saying. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. You can't say, well, I know better. 
I know how to keep myself, I know how to do this, I know how to do that. No, it's not true, you don't know. And so Paul's saying, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. You must exercise yourself in the right way spiritually. And the way to do this is to think on things that are pure, just, lovely, and of good report. And encourage yourself with good words of faith. Build up your body with those things. Build up your spiritual body with those things. Make sure you're strong and muscular spiritually. Not fat and flabby, <laughs> but strong and muscular. The Bible talks in a lot in those type of think terms. Let's look in 1 Peter 2, verse 2. Let's look in verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. As newborn babes, everyone has to de should desire the sincere milk of the word. Otherwise, they're not going to grow. They need to listen to the word of God. They need to hear the word of God. They need to read the word of God. There's no escaping. If you're not going to feed yourself every day, you're going to be a sickly baby. And you're going to be a sickly person. You need to feed yourself. You need to eat the right things, exercise in the right way, spiritually. And we need to do this. We need to desire the sincere milk of the word. Read the word. And in Hebrews, Paul talks about milk and meat. Hebrews chapter 5. Verses 11 to 14. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a baby. 
and uh, babies need milk. So if you're a babe in Christ, praise God. We're not trying to make you a grown-up person before you can, can be there. We're not trying to put you in daddy's shoes and you clump about and you say, I'm daddy, and you think you really are. No. So if you're a babe in Christ, my recommendation to you is desire the sincere milk of the word. Just lap it up, drink it up, read it, hear it, do it. But if if you're more than a babe, and we still have to stick a bottle in your mouth, and a dummy when you're meant to be grown up, there's something wrong with you. You're just still carried around in a pram and you look disgusting sitting there, expecting everybody to feed you with the milk of the word. And Paul says, it's time to grow up. It's time to take strong meat. And strong meat is being able to discern between good and evil. And that means that you're not going to compromise. Because someone who can discern between good and evil realizes how evil evil is and how good good is. And why I'm trying to say that is that if you don't realize how evil evil is, then you won't stand up to people. You won't um, be prepared not to compromise. You'll say, oh, well, yeah, I understand. Never mind. You know, I, I know what you're talking about. But you won't stand up to them. You won't, comp- you won't be someone who will just say how it is straight out. Because you won't care. Because you don't know how evil evil is. And you don't care that that person's going to hell. So you don't care to say to them, hey, you need to wake up, this is wrong. You just let them go to hell because you'd rather have the person like you than really tell them what the way it is. You'd rather have the person think you're a wonderful person then really tell them. Because you don't understand how evil evil is. How terrible it is that people should be on their way to hell. And if you're prepared for strong meat, you won't compromise. If you're prepared for strong meat, you won't let anyone get away with anything. If you're prepared for strong meat, You'll be prepared to upset people. I don't mean that that you go around deliberately trying to upset people, but what I'm saying is when issues arise, when you're talking with people, instead of just saying, oh yes, I understand how the way you feel, you challenge them. You're prepared to eat the strong meat and take the medicine and and pay the consequences for what you're saying because you understand how evil evil is and how good good is. And if we're not prepared to challenge people, they'll never, never want to change, never even think they need to change. 
because you've been the one to pat them on the back and say, there, there, it doesn't really matter. Yes, I understand. Yes, dear, never mind. Don't get upset. But really, we need to be able to eat strong meat ourselves so that we really do know the difference between good and evil. And last of all, when we... Uh, well, let's just turn back to that passage a minute in Hebrews. You ought to be teachers you, that ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such that have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. There it is again, unskillful in the word of righteousness. Unskillful in how to challenge people. Now, if you're a babe in Christ, it doesn't matter, because you're a babe. We don't expect anything different from you. But when you've grown up, you can't be someone who's still acting like a baby and doesn't understand the necessity of dealing with the word of righteousness. Let's look at it again. Is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Is not prepared to challenge people about their lifestyle. Is not prepared and doesn't understand the consequences of what's happening to people. But when you're grown up, and when you're growing up in the things of God, you need to be skillful in the word of righteousness. You need to be able to challenge people about their lifestyle. You need to be able to really face people up when the opportunity arises. Because otherwise you're letting them go to hell. Because you don't understand how evil evil is and how good good is. And you don't care. You'd rather just have milk and take your dummy. Oh, poor me, I don't like upsetting people. <laughs> no, if you care for them, if you're like Timothy, where Paul says there's no man like-minded like me who will care for your estate. And if you care for others' estate, you will be prepared to tell them the way it is. You will be prepared to say, hey, bodily exercise it only profits a very little. What's so important is that you exercise yourself spiritually, that you do what's important. And last, in the last two verses of that chapter, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul couldn't be more strong.
sorry, in verse 11 of this, of um, chapter 4, Paul says, These things command and teach. Not just teach, command. <laughs> he says, don't let anyone be in any, any doubt that there's any options about this. This is a command. This is something you tell people that they've got to do. They haven't got any options. There's no choice in the matter. You've got to do it. Paul was very strong with Timothy there. He didn't just say teach, he said command and teach. He made sure that Timothy understood that this was very, very important. Very important to, consider, to think on the good words of faith, to encourage yourself with that. Very important to exercise yourself properly spiritually. Very important to hear sound doctrine. Things that are going to build you up spiritually. Things that are going to educate you into godliness. All those things are most important. You have to exercise this brain very carefully. And oh, the thing that it, the most important thing. Paul says that this is a true saying. Something that can be... Is, is trustworthy, something that you can give your life on, Timothy. A true saying and worthy of all acceptation that these are the things that you must do to exercise yourself spiritually. And it's most important. And in the last couple of verses of that chapter, he tells him, meditate on these things. That means think over these things. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them. That, you may, that thy profiting may appear to all. When you do do exercise, physical exercise, people notice that you look a bit slimmer, you look a bit trimmer, and you feel good about yourself because you look a bit trimmer. How much more so spiritually would people recognize that you've been exercising yourself spiritually, or would they see you as a fat blob? who can't be bothered to think about things properly, lets any old thought go through the head and out the other side. Oh. Just wants a little dollop of milk every Sunday. Yeah, I'll have a bit. That'll do me. But what do you do the rest of the week? Huh? Just milk on Sundays is no good. That's not going to make you strong. What about strong meat? What about eating it? What about caring about the people that you meet? What about caring about your brethren? If you see one of them going wrong, are you going to face them up or are you just going to let them do it? Are you going to eat strong meat? 
Are you going to want to know the difference between good and evil? Or are you just going to let things slide? It's much easier if you don't say anything. It's much easier if you just let life pass you by. It's much easier if you don't have to face people up. It's much easier you can just let yourself go into a blob spiritually. Who cares? But oh, it's so important, so important to exercise yourself spiritually. So important that you don't let this mind go. So important that you think on the right things. And so important that you're willing to hear sound doctrine and that you're willing to encourage yourself with good words of faith. That, you, that those who hear you, let's look at that. In verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Oh, well, you say, but I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher for people to listen to you, do you? Huh? People are hearing you all day long, aren't they? But what are they hearing? Someone who's prepared to eat strong meat or someone who wants to compromise and doesn't care? Are you going to save yourself and those who hear you? Are you going to be one who challenges them? Are you going to be one who encourages them to live right, exercise right? do the right things or are you going to be one who just lets it slide by who cares I'm not my brother's keeper but you are and those that hear your words they're either going to be uplifted by them and challenged by them or they're going to be encouraged just to carry on with life as it is. Compromise, 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 compromise. Which is it? You're the one who has to eat the strong meat. Because the strong meat makes you know what's good and evil. The strong meat makes you someone who can't bear to compromise. The strong meat makes you someone who cares for others and hates to see them sending themselves to hell. The strong meat makes you someone like Timothy was and Paul could say, there's no one like-minded who will care for your estate. And you care more for others than you do about yourself. You eat the strong meat. You're prepared to take it. And you're prepared to chew it. And you're prepared to do it. You're prepared to exercise yourself. Bodily, spiritually, and most of all, spiritually. So that you are not only ready for this life, 
but the life to come. And not only do you help yourself and save yourself, but you save others. My recommendation is, if you're a babe, great, enjoy your milk. Drink as much of it as you can. But if you think you've got beyond the stage of babyhood, don't be a fat blob. Be someone who exercises themselves spiritually, who listens to the word of God, who reads the word of God, who encourages themselves with good words of faith, who is prepared to listen and act on sound doctrine, who won't listen to fabricated myths, who won't read fabricated myths, but who will take in the strong meat and discern between good and evil. God bless you all.